1: football report uh exciting week eight to talk about got a lot of scoring a lot of big uh fantasy performances how's it going hassan
2: uh you know just living the dream out here Having a having a really fun week eight it depends on which team but having a good one but i'm really excited <laughs> for a guest actually making his debut on uh, the ff report court thanks for joining us man what's up guys thanks for having me
1: Absolutely, yeah. At least debut on the uh, FF report live stream. I'm certain we've had you on. Yeah, I did a pod a... with
3: you. Probably, I want to say three years ago, something like that. Blair. Yeah, yeah. Might have been yeah. with Nico. I need to get on these more. I'm, I'm pretty. glad oh, that's with right. That. I Could always enjoy it once I get going, but it's one of those things where I feel like it's it's uh, it's just this thing hanging over my head all day that I don't look forward to. And then as soon as I started, I enjoy it. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Well, hopefully we'll make it enjoyable
1: it. for you. Um, uh, it's exciting to get you on actually to talk about, about, uh, the prop betting scene, because that's something where I think if you're really into fantasy, you have kind of a, a built in advantage if you're, if you're paying attention. Um, so yeah, I mean, you are doing a lot of stuff on that over at bet the prop. What's the kind of elevator pitch for that?
3: Yeah, man. Well, no real pitch. I mean, basically what we're doing is, um, you know, we to be honest with you, Blair, when we started, my idea, I was working with you guys, you and Sean, uh, as an editor and writer there. And really my idea at the time when I launched it was just like looking at the space you know, this was right when PASPA had had fallen um, three, four years ago now. And looking at the betting space and just seeing like how bad the content was hmm. um, compared to the fantasy space, which was really the fantasy space was attracting all these really high level thinkers. There was people really sort of pushing the envelope in terms of analysis. Uh, and of course, Rotoviz just sort of leading the way in terms of, you know, pushing forward that analytics slant in fantasy football, which I kind of fell in love with. Um, And I just looked at the betting space and I saw a bunch of bad content out there and just nothing that was really helping people. So that was kind of my idea when I launched it was sort of make the, the, you know, the roto viz for props. Um, That was the idea. I I wouldn't say quite turned out that way. Um, What I found when I got into this space pretty quickly was that uh, people want picks in betting. Um, you know there's definitely some room for the evergreen content and, and educating people and stuff like that and it's something we enjoy doing and it's certainly something that a, a good portion of the audience enjoys um, and it's a, it's a niche of audience that Rotovis has found and it's the niche that we were sort of going for but people love picks people want picks <laughs> so you know once we got into it we learned that and we just said okay well that's what people want let's let's give them that I did the first year for free on Twitter and then after that, it was just clear there was a lot of demand for this, um, so I figured, what the heck, let's you know put it put it behind a subscription paywall and um, kind of see if we can get going on that. And just doing props, we started just with football, um, then we added baseball, and then the last sport we added was um, NBA. Um, but of course, NFL is always sort of the the bread and butter. So um, that's pretty much what we're doing these days is picks. However, we do have. A lot of stuff uh in the works coming that i'm really excited about some more you know research tools now and now that we've been around and and have had a little bit of uh forward momentum um got a little bit more opportunity now to build some tools um build some cool stuff that we think people will be excited about so um that's in the works hoping to launch some of that before football season some some prop board odds tools and um, you know some tools that are similar, I would say in a lot of ways to the road of his suite of tools only propified, just really focusing in on props. There's a lot of good information out there uh, for fantasy football, but basically nothing that's tailored purely to props, which is a space that uh, is absolutely exploding.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think we we talked about this a little bit is the fact that with, you know, more and more domestic books coming online, lots more legals coming online. The menu of props has never been bigger. I mean, they're hanging lines on guys like Tanner Hudson and all, just like these randos that we would have never seen lines for three years ago, and now here, here we are. Uh, but you know, we were just lamenting the fact that, despite there being a bigger menu, the like props are sharper than ever, right? Like it's been it's been a tough year for pretty much most people betting them, and uh, it's just been kind of kind of coin flippy, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's been a tough year. Yeah, I mean, it's um you know, it's a double-edged sword. You want you want the space to be growing, uh, you want to get more new people in the space, you want to educate people, but as you do that, the markets are going to get tougher. Your ROI is going to go down. Uh, lines are going to get sharper. Um, it's no surprise to me. I think the only real surprise is how quickly it happened. I, I think mm-hmm. I was pretty confident when I started this that people would eventually see what I saw that like props is a ton of fun like you know and especially like you say Blair if, if you're just using it to kind of augment your fantasy and we, we've seen' a lot of people sort of leaving fantasy behind and really getting behind the betting wave on props um and it you know it is it's just a ton of fun you're not really invested like you are in season long teams um you know every week's a new week all that kind of thing but so not really something I I'm surprised to see definitely sharper. I thought maybe we were a couple years away to sort of seeing this mainstream acceptance that we're starting to see, uh, you know, just props are everywhere now, like ESPN and all the main sites. USA Today is doing prop articles and it's it's pretty crazy to see for sure. So uh, blessing and a curse. Uh, I, I want to see this, the, the space grow, uh, but personally, um, yeah, the ROI is going to go down, but that's just the way it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's obviously exciting to see this, this, uh, this space grow, but uh, hopefully you, you make up for it with, on the content side, right? So it's a, a win-win in that sense.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> ultimately, also, you would hope that, like one of the problems, and Hassan knows this, but one of the problems, Blair, that you really find in this space, once you get to a certain point in props, is, is not really the winning percentage so much as it is hmm. getting money down. Um, you know, as you may or may not be aware, a lot of these domestic books are sort of becoming infamous for, you know, cutting off winners, basically, you know, reducing them, their limits to pennies. So a lot of it becomes this sort of game of getting money down. Um, and and not getting banned, and like, what's how do I not get banned? How do I make my accounts last longer? How do I get more accounts? You know, people that have been in this game for a while, those are the problems that they're worried about, not so yeah. much win percentage. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, even though lines are getting sharper, you would hope that would also mean that books are going to open up their limits a little bit more, be a little bit more fair, not cutting people off as much, um, letting people get down more that kind of thing so we're kind of hoping that's what we'll see this year uh, it's i think it's too early to say if that's what we're seeing but it, i mean that would make sense if, if mm-hmm. you know if books are starting to do better on these you would think they would want to open up limits a
1: little bit more yeah for sure the game within sense. the game
2: if you will no um s- speaking of games and being bad at them Trevor lawrence completed <laughs> 18 of 31 passes for 133 yards one touchdown and two interceptions and the jaguars is 21 17 week it lost to the broncos Court, like what do you really take away from, from Lawrence? Like he's, uh, it seems like he throws, he's good. He's like a lock for one incredibly awful pick uh, a game almost. Like, what are your thoughts on Lawrence here? And, and like, where do you think his start is from where he was as a prospect?
3: Well, certainly down is from when he came out of college. But um, I, I mean, it's so hard to say because he's, he's just bouncing from one extreme to the next, right? Like, one week, he's, you know, bottom three in in completion rate over expected. And then the next week, he's, you know, top of the league and then back down the next week and up and down. And it's really hard to say. So I guess it's, you know, he's probably sort of a upper end prospect, I would say. Maybe not the blue chipper we hoped he was, but I still think there's hope for him. I know you're pretty down on him, Hasan, but, like, I think we've seen enough to to... To believe that you know it's there if if he gets some weapons and maybe just some time, right? Like not every quarterback is going to be good after two years, even the best of prospects. So I, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Certainly some bad signs, but I think there's enough there where he, he puts it together. And they've been willing to put it on his back and give him you know 40, 45 attempts in a game. And sometimes when that happens, uh, we're seeing good things, but often we're seeing bad things as well. Today was a tough. I mean, the Broncos are such a good pass defense. I don't I don't know if you can take too much away from it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, one thing that was really working for Jacksonville, even though they didn't end up winning the game, was Etienne, uh rushing the ball. He had 156 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Crazy. I mean, um, you know, he wasn't didn't do so much in the receiving game, only six yards, but um, he's looking like someone who's could kind of, you know, become one of the top running backs over the rest of the season. I mean.
3: Yeah, I think if... four, four straight games now with 100 yards mm-hmm. from yeah. Box, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: he he blew over his uh, his rushing yard prop, and is seventy one and a half, right? So, um, I uh, maybe it'd be interesting to see how they're going to handle that going forward because he's just so explosive. Um, I wanted to get your take on on not just not just on uh, etn though, but I wanted to get your take here because I know you're a Broncos fan, so I really did want to get your take here a little bit on. That on again. <laughs> um, Long time ago. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, no, that's that, that's totally fair because I I, I really realistically what I'm trying to get your take here on is like the Broncos are still like this team that doesn't have an identity, and in a way, it's a bit of a shame that they won this game, right? Because they because because they, they could have cleaned house. Um, uh, it's it's genuinely I guess I guess we should start from the top, which is uh, so is Latavius Murray really the one A in this backfield? With Melgo as the 1B, because there's no more, like, there's no more Mike Boone. So, what is going to happen in this backfield?
3: I think pretty much what we saw today, more or less, I think it was pretty close to split, right? Yeah, it looks like Gordon had nine carries, four catches. Yeah, he was kind of, Gordon was getting the dump offs and the two minute drills and whatnot. So, yeah, probably a split. I, I did draft a little bit of Melvin this year just because he was cheap and I thought, I, We kind of got the scenario that we were hoping for with Javante going down. Not that we were hoping for that. But when you're drafting Gordon, that's sort of the the best-case scenario. And uh, we got that. And it's, you know, he's pretty much the same guy. So, Um, But, you know, the nice thing is they do seem to want to feed him uh, down at the goal line on the odd occasion they get down there. So And he's getting, you know, two, three, sometimes four targets a game. Um, So, you know, like back, back end... RB2 I think he's reasonable going forward same with Latavius but I think a lot of it's just going to depend on this offense and if they can kind of get out of the gutter a little bit
1: yeah it does seem like they're not necessarily committed to to anyone I mean Latavius got more carries in this game but you could easily see next week a lot of those go to Melvin, and they just you know kind of not even necessarily the hot hand but just I don't know Uh, you don't
3: don't get the sense that this coaching staff really has a plan
1: exactly
2: uh i mean i think they might have learned a little bit about clock management since the first two weeks that was just an unmitigated disaster um with just burning timeouts left and right but I, i wanted to get your take here on on this jerry judy thing it's like um Second week in like the at least when I since you know both of them have been around Sutton and Judy, uh we've seen Judy with like some laughably low um or relatively low lines of like forty-six and a half. I think is like his uh reception, his receiving yard total was for this one. He kind of went over his six uh caught six of his seven targets for sixty-three yards and a score. But I really wanted to get your take on what is happening with Cortland Sutton and is Judy sort of has he overtaken him in the pecking order here? And do you think it just remains like the split going forward rest of the season?
3: Man, I really don't know. Um, Definitely not surprised to see it even out a little bit more. I I don't think Sutton was ever going to run away with that. Judy's just too talented, too good. Um, So I I never really expected Sutton to be running away with this, but I never really expected him to sort of lay these eggs we've seen from him the last couple weeks as well. And uh, I think maybe part of it is they want to get – they seem to want to get KJ Hamler a little bit more involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Dulcich has certainly emerged as a playmaker for them. Um, so that might even be part of it a little bit more than than Judy kind of emerging is the fact that we're seeing a couple other decent play. Like, Hamler is certainly a guy that's worthy of opportunities. Um, Dulcich, I didn't know much about, but he obviously looks great. Uh, so that might be part of it as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going forward between Sutton and Judy, you know, I would say it's still sort of pretty even rest of season I would rank them I would say um, wouldn't really give one or the other the edge there but you know this offense is just going to be tough no matter what I think so I'm not really excited about either option
1: yeah I mean are you comfortable starting someone like Sutton with uh, you know bye weeks coming up and stuff where does this kind of performance make you look for other options
3: I don't, I don't mind it. Like it's going to be, it's just, you, if you're going to start him, you just kind of got to accept the variance that's going to come with it. Cause he is going to have his good games. He's a talented guy and Russ is going to air it out. You know, he's going to have several throws of 30 plus yards every game. And some of those are going to go to Sutton. So, um, you know, I think if, as long as you're all right, sort of embracing the variance there and knowing what you're going to get, which is sort of uh hero or zero, then, um, then I think it's fine. I, I'm not like hitting the panic button on Sutton, uh, today, I mean, again, like the the um, Jaguars get pretty good pressure on the quarterback. I think we knew that coming in, so yeah. not really surprised to see Dulcich get a bunch of targets and Judy get a, you know a little bit more of the uh, lower A dot stuff there. And I think it's going to bounce back and forth throughout the season. So I'm still okay starting Sutton in most spots going forward. I think. How about you guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. It, it's a little concerning that we've got these two recent games where he's been held under five targets right week six as well um but you know and basically the last three weeks he's kind of done nothing so it's you know a few weeks in a row that you're starting to get these signals that aren't necessarily great but I definitely think you're right I mean obviously they have a bye next week so um but after that um you've got uh obviously some opportunities for him to to catch some long passes and to score some yeah, they've
3: got games. a pretty soft schedule coming right. coming ahead, don't they as well? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean Tennessee, Las Vegas, Carolina, Baltimore yeah. should be one Kansas City in week 14. So, there's some some good games when you get close to the fantasy playoffs and into them that Yeah. You, and maybe Russ is due
3: to. from from for some regression. I mean, we've we've loved to dump on Russ all season. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But, you know, uh, he looked not bad today and uh, he could be due for a little bit more regression. So if that happens and this, even if this offense kind of turns into, you know, a middle of the pack offense, um, you know, I think that's something to be excited about with Sutton. You're so talented, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: What's really frustrating, I guess, about the Broncos offense is uh, like aside from the one game where like Russ was truly, truly hurt, like you could just sort of see it. He's kind of just looked like Russ. Like he just it's something like like something's not working. Like it's really weird. Like this is where like the tape and the and the numbers are so different, right? Like the one true litmus test where like you if you're just watching Russ, you're like, he's making all the same throws, he's making all the same plays, and nothing is working. Like this is the same, you know, hypothetically the same guy. I saw Ben Gretsch make that comment like on Twitter a few weeks ago, and then Russ got hurt. But like he looked fine today. <laughs> Like in the yep. second half, you look pretty good. Like second like, half, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just such a it's a funny game we play, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so
3: like I think that's a good point. Like it's and that that could point to the fact that he is due for a little bit more regression. Like he was so efficient in in Seattle uh, yeah. for a lot of his time there, and you're kind of like, well, if we just give him more plays, they're going to let Russ cook, right? And now we're sort of seeing the opposite end of that spectrum, where there's not a lot of volume and he's not very efficient. Um, but if he can sort of move back to the middle of the pack and efficiency, then, um, you know, it's it's something to be kind of excited about, especially for Sutton and Judy, and I guess if he picked up Dulcich, that's pretty exciting, too. That guy's just tearing it up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's maybe not even that unexpected. Where Like, we shouldn't have been that surprised that this offense coming in with a new quarterback, new coach, like, uh, you know, getting Judy back, getting a lot of players back from injury. It's not that surprising that they would have maybe um had some growing pains maybe you want to say. Yeah. At the beginning and they've got season. their coaching staff
3: is so inexperienced, yeah. right? Like yeah. not oh. it's not just hack it. Like all these guys are just, yeah. you know, baby-faced guys. So there's there's not really anyone there to kind of help them and guide them. So every, everything's kind of on their shoulders in a sense.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Um, yeah, moving on to another really interesting game. Um, Cowboys put up 49 points against, uh, Chicago, Tony Pollard. Uh, we kind of expected him to have a big game with Zeke, not playing, but I don't know if anyone expected this 131 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. I mean, as long as Zeke is out, like Pollard is a must start, obviously. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, who didn't see this coming? We've been waiting three years for this game. <laughs> That's right. And we oh. all we're all recalling it. Everyone on Twitter, right? We knew exactly <laughs> what was going to happen and it happened.
4: There you it, go. Yeah.
3: Pretty pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys saw that quote, though, from uh, Jerry Jones after the game already saying, though, that as soon as
2: Zeke comes back, he's our guy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you, you, like, it, I, I don't even understand why they're so entrenched in him, right? Like with him. Um, like, it, it's, it's, it's okay to have lightning without the thunder you know like i like, mean uh, i mean i mean realistically like like zeke has been really like what's genuinely funny to me is that like he misses and they go like the Cowboys go go out and hang up almost a 50 spot i mean obviously the like the defense of the thing isn't particularly great but like with Zeke on the field he takes away like all like 14 or you know 15 or even sometimes 17 touches off the ball and they waste so much time. Like, because like, he, he's just like one of those classic clock eating type, you know, like he's just a guy, right? Like, you can put in Damien, Damien Harris, you can put in, think about like any grinder RB without this like, incredible efficiency burst, like a Chubb or a Henry, and that's Zeke, right? So, like, why does it have to be Zeke that they need?
3: I don't know, man, because they paid him really, and they, I think they yeah. feel like they have to justify that investment. I mean, I know that's the obvious answer, no real insight there, but and, and, Jones is just a stubborn, prideful guy, and he's just not willing to uh, admit that um, you know the sunk. He's just sunk too much cost into this, and maybe it's time to move on. And I don't know what's his what's his cap number. Like he's not cut I think they can actually.
2: I think they can get away from it next week. Let me check. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, I don't. What there's not much to say. It's gonna. It's going to be what it's going to be. They're going to feed him. Like you say, he's going to get his 14 touches. Uh, they're going to go from a 50-point game today against what was a, a good, pretty good, well, horrible run defense, but it was a pretty good pass defense um, and, and scored 50 points on them. And then they're just going to go back to grinding games out with Zeke. And yeah, I couldn't really tell you why other than just, you know, they've, they've invested in him, and that's what they want to do. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Zeke's injury is too bad, right? Like it was just kind of a um, – hyperextended knee or something like that. Yeah. So uh I think he had a maybe half a chance to go this week. So yeah, I don't know. This might have been it
2: for, for Pollard, but oh, it was yeah. a glorious day. <laughs> yeah. So like so 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 with Zeke they've got a potential out next year where they can eat about a twelve million dollar dead cap hit, but they say about fifty million.
0: Hmm. Oh,
2: really? interesting. Yeah, that I mean that's a, that's a pretty big number to save, right? So yeah, that that becomes an interesting real dynamic. But like the issue is, like you said, like earlier, Jerry Jones is a prideful guy. Like, he's very stuck in on his position. Yeah. um, they might they might actually end up restructuring his contract, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Zeke uh, back there. When no, I mean, for sure, fuck this fucker, Malik Davis did his best Zeke impersonation eight guys for 23 yards and two catches for 18 yards. Like, I mean, that's Zeke numbers, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's I mean,
3: replacement level for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, what was nice actually was to see Dak uh, a little unleashed. Very, very efficient. Uh, completed 21 of his 27 pass yards, 250 yards and two, two TDs. Uh, CD Lamb looked pretty good on his uh, seven targets, caught five of them for 77 yards and a score. And it's gonna pain me to say this, but Dalton Schultz looked really good, catching six of his seven targets for seventy-four yards. Um, court, like, do you think this puts Ceedee Lamb in the like as a potential top twelve wide receiver rest of the season? And with uh, with Dalton Schultz, like, is he a viable top six tight end rest of the way?
3: Lamb for sure. Like, he's his target share is uh, coming into this week. It was top four top three I think is target share like he's been around 35% most of the year on target share but a lot of that's come from Cooper Rush Um, and sort of and then last week you had a game script against Detroit where you know they didn't have to run much volume and they didn't have to push pace very much Um, but yeah very much so I think CD's absolutely a wide receiver one going forward just his target share is there the air yard share is there um, we, pre- we haven't, we're still kind of waiting for that explosion game from him, but, um, you know, they're, he's getting the biggest cut of this offense by far, even Gallup. I don't think Gallup did much today. Again, I should have bet that under, I had it on the list. But yeah. He's, it's pretty he's interesting that he's sort of go. Yeah. He's gone by the wayside here, even though he's back. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to, to lamb and, um, you know, the fact that he's commanding this many targets is pretty encouraging i would definitely if there's a guy in your league that's looking to potentially buy low or sell low on him um i'd love to have lamb and i mean this this we saw what this offense is capable of right like sure it's not going to help when zeke's in there plotting away but like this is a super talented offense and like dak is you know He's got a high ceiling so uh, lamb can absolutely I don't know what their playoff schedule looks like the fantasy playoff schedule but um, you know lamb's absolutely a guy who can who can win you a lot of games I think in the back half of the year yeah they uh, get they,
1: some some kind of interesting matchups they play the AFC South it looks like a lot of games oh, yeah. in in, a, in the uh, fantasy playoffs Indianapolis Houston Jacksonville those are pretty much all 30. pass
3: funnel defenses I think yeah Tennessee definitely is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they get Tennessee hideous. in week 17. So that's yeah. uh that could be a Oh yeah. A yeah, pretty good pretty good game for um for Lamb. I mean, the other thing about this game is like, you know, with Pollard playing this well, with their defense scoring a touchdown. I mean, you only had Dak throwing 27 passes. So, I mean, it's got to be encouraging to see Lamb have a decent game, a really good fantasy day even on a on a day when when they didn't even need him that much. So, you know. Yeah. In some other game scripts, I think uh you should he should be uh, a nice fantasy play.
4: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
2: on the other side of the football, I will say with the Bears, um one uh, I want to just want to talk about Khalil Herbert who had 16 rushes for 99 yards and a score. Um he's looking very explosive uh, especially compared to his backfield counterpart Montgomery, but more importantly, uh Justin Fields looks like an actual real life NFL quarterback. Um court. Like, is this is this like the new normal for fields? Like, can you plug him in? Do you think he's gonna be like a you know QB1 rest of the season? Well, I mean,
3: yeah, like he well, yeah. You you said he's a bona fide NFL quarterback, which I'd probably disagree with, but he's certainly a bona fide fantasy quarterback. Um, you know, like his ceiling is sort of twenty three attempts a game, so he's gonna have to be awfully efficient, like today. Oh, was yeah. Extremely efficient, two touchdowns on twenty three attempts. Um, but yeah, it's that rushing floor. Uh, yeah, it just keeps you in a lot of games. So yeah, I definitely had a lot of people asking for bye week recommendations this week, and uh, for quarterback and Fields was pretty much my number one recommendation for everybody. Uh, partly because of the potential script here, but also because of that rushing floor. And uh, you know, when he when he is dropping back, he is looking deep right so it's not it's not a dink and dunk offense it's that play action for the long shots and they've got one pretty good wide receiver for uh for the deep shot stuff so uh you know for him to be efficient like he was today is is I don't think like a super fluky thing um certainly we could see more of these performances going forward i don't know if that's good if you're a bears fan necessarily but um if you're in a two QB league, super flex type of thing, you got some bye weeks coming up, like he's absolutely a viable sort of a back end backhand guy right now. Um what was weird about Fields though, it's it's really hard to nail down his rushing usage. He had seven rushing attempts in the first half and then one the entire second half, which was bizarre.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I think they just were comfortable like Handing the ball out to Herbert and Montgomery, but like I don't know why they just don't use Fields more. Like he's faster yeah. than both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah.
1: I, yeah, I, I don't know, know how much how much the fact that they were they were down by so much might have played into it, but I mean, you still expect uh a Fields rush to give them about as much kind of uh chance of winning as a Fields passing attempt. So
3: yeah, especially like they were called been- last week they were calling so many of those you know uh third down like qb draws type of right. stuff qb power type of stuff um which you know i get if you're kind of getting your butt kicked and you don't want to compete but i mean you're still trying to get first down so that was a little surprising for sure so that's a little bit maddening uh, i would say mm-hmm. maybe not so much from a fantasy perspective because i think we know he's going to get his 40 50 yards he's such a good runner um but from a prop betting perspective it's pretty frustrating i know one of our guys was on the over 8.5 rush attempts today and was pulling his hair out in that second mm-hmm. half pretty just, tough loss on that just, one just
2: just what 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 a way to eat that l too because like he was yeah. uh, i mean i mean if you were if you were uh, books would have offered him close to you know one dollar on for every dollar he risked to get out of that position you know yeah they would have absolutely won it out of that one like he could have got out of bar value and
3: yeah, when well, his live line at halftime, I don't know what it was, but I would guess probably at least 10.5, 11.5,
2: if not more. Yeah, probably around there. Um, JC would such, know. yeah, JC would know. Just such a shame to lose that. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, I just wanted to. It is, it is interesting seeing that the Bears are becoming a becoming a bit of an offense. Um, this was a game. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the the, the Lions and the, and the fish. <laughs> this is like quite a game, man. But, like, nothing more, was more surprising than the fact that DJ Hawkinson actually looked like a serviceable tight end streamer. Like, he caught three of his four targets for 80 yards in the lines week weak. loss lost to the Finns. Um, where, like, rest, like rest of the season, like, do you have DJ Hawkinson in, like, that DJ, in, like, the DE, like, 6 to 9 range? Or are you more of, like, a 8 to 12 or 10 to 12?
3: Probably on the higher end. I mean, the nice thing about, the Lions is there's going to be a lot of these types of scripts because their defense is so bad um, that they're going to be pulled into a lot of shootouts. Um, So, you know, these uh, to be honest with you, these last couple of weeks, I haven't played it, but I've certainly been considering the Hawkinson unders simply because... Uh, St. Brown was back. Swift mm-hmm. came back today. All these guys are kind of healthy and coming back, so I sort of assumed that Hawkinson would would sort of fall into the background. But his A dot is huge. His A dot is way downfield, so he's getting really valuable, sort of Kelsey like targets um, in an offense that's going to be chasing script a lot, chasing the, the game a lot in negative game script. Um, really, really bad defense that's just going to give up a ton of points. So yeah, I like Hawkinson. I'm I'm a little bit upset. I don't uh, I have more of him in fantasy this year, and and not in any key spots really, in my redraft leagues. Um, I just I just thought with St. Brown emerging, you know, certainly Goff has been a lot more efficient than anticipated this year. Um, so I wasn't expecting a ton from Hawkinson this year, but yeah, I guess he's just such a talented dude, and that's all that really matters. And 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 again, I love the fact that, you know, you're going to see a lot of high total like all the lines games going to be going forward are going to be totaled at, you know, 45 plus going forward. And those are pretty ex- exciting environments.
1: Um, where would you have Hawkinson ranked rest of season compared to uh, another guy we saw put up finally a pretty big game. Kyle Pitts had uh, his third career touchdown today. Um, I don't have the exact line in front of me of what he, what he ended up putting up, but it's like
3: five for 80, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Five for, yeah, 80, and five for and 80 and a touch. Yeah.
1: Um, Um, obviously he's been disappointing the whole season until today. So, but he's someone who was, uh, we were, well, I think pretty much everyone in the fantasy space was pretty enthusiastic about him coming into the season. Is this, uh, is this enough to like, have we seen enough after this game to get him, uh, get him back up into the range where we thought he might end? Well,
3: they still only had what, like 23 pass attempts. Uh, Yeah. 28. That said, though, I think that um, did they have twenty eight? Yeah, well, that's a lot for them. Well, overtime, yeah, o- overtime, do. right, 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 right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think Drake London was kind of uh, on the vine a bit today. He only had, I think, three targets, something like that. He five, five with targets. overtime. Five. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I still like Pitts. I'm I got him in the home league, and I'm just sticking him in there every week. There's not much else he can do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He, he's just. It, I would like to see more volume out of that offense. The thing is they're unlike the lions. The thing, the thing, again, the thing I like about Hawkinson is the game scripts they are going to be in and Kyle Pitts just isn't going to see those game scripts. And even when they are in those game scripts, it's going to be like last week against the bucks when they were down 21, nothing and running every play. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but you know, I think he's obviously, we're seeing some positive regression here. I think uh, last week or two weeks ago, he had a touch he had a touchdown callback that I thought was an easy touchdown uh, that didn't count on uh, on instant replay and um, so yeah I, I mean I still like pitts but man rest of season Pitts or Hawkinson
2: <laughs> man that is a good one that, that, that was a tough one right I mean I I'd, I'd go Hawkinson Ah <sighs> Ooh, that's that's such a shame because like because yeah, no, I, I
3: don't know as soon as I said that
2: it feels wrong, but like yeah. but like here's so, so here's where I think you your your gut's actually right because uh Demir Bird, so I'm a I'm a Demir bird slappy. I play in these <laughs> in these wacko fucking dynasty leagues where uh, where like Demir Birds on like every roster um just because he does he does <laughs> shit like this right yeah. six targets three catches 67 yards and a score and that's like the probably the most embarrassing thing i've ever made on this channel um <laughs> but 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 like the fact that demir bird is out here stealing stealing targets away from drake london and Cal pitts probably gives you a good reason to believe um that like hawkinson might be a good gut a gut feel Although, although, if if, uh, if Khalif Raymond continues to do what he's doing right now, which is also, you know, if, if Khalif Raymond starts playing the Demir Bird roll up in Detroit, then it's going to yeah. be a lot closer. Yeah.
3: But that's, again, that's a function of what I was talking about with Detroit and the scripts they're going to be in. And so much of my process is, is based in game script and and, and, and the volume we're, ex- we're going to see and what scripts teams are going to be in. And Detroit, the guys—I mean, everyone—it's just a dream spot, right? You're going to see volume, yeah. and and golf's been reasonably efficient, and they're aggressive. Uh, when they get behind, they have no problem going fast, um, passing passing a ton. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a hard offense to pass over just just for that reason alone. And um, so, just yeah, I think with my process yeah. being so heavily based in in game script, yeah, I probably have to lean Hawkins in there.
1: Yeah, you can even see cases where like having Swift back, having Amon Ra back actually helps and sure, yeah. especially near the goal line. So sure. um yeah, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that take. I just own so much pits. I wish he could have gone the other way. <laughs>
2: um, uh, I mean on the other side, uh, it looks like DJ Moore is unleashed without the shackles of CMC to drown him. Um, <laughs> he, he got six of his eleven targets for 152 yards and a score he also had one carrier any which he converted for 3 yards um you know it's just it's just such a pain to to have gone through the early early quarter of the season uh you know with what we saw from DJ DJ Moore like do you think DJ Moore is a top ten wide receiver rest of the way top 10 no
3: no but um certainly a very solid wide receiver too i think you can be happy with I think it's nice to see that, um, you know, as anticipated, a lot of that CMC volume is, is going towards him now. And they really have no one else, right? Like they got Shai Smith and Tommy Trimble and a bunch of nobodies, really.
2: Uh, nine targets for the, Terrace Marshall, man. That's how, those, that, that's how the Terrace Marshall slappies get there. <laughs> Did they get
3: there again today?
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Four, four for 87 on nine targets, man. Can you imagine? Wow again overtime, Marshall
1: but... was like decent at LSU, right? Maybe. Yeah, uh. yeah. Um, what everybody might remember from this game is more catching that touchdown at the end. And then, uh, the helmet taking his helmet off to celebrate and basically making Carolina lose the game. I wonder if that, how much that sticks in a coach's mind. If you're thinking about, I don't know whether the scheme plays for him, but, uh, definitely more looked good today. So I'm pretty, you know, He's someone who I still have on a ton of dynasty teams, and them. Yeah, it's pretty to
3: encouraging see. to see like that first start for PJ Walker. Mm-hmm. He had um, negative air yards the, for the for the entire game. Everything was behind the line of scrimmage, huh. and then he came came out after and kind of called the offense out. And since then, we've seen you know a, a pretty decent offense. They've been a lot more aggressive. I think after they traded CMC, they just figured, you know, fuck it, nothing to lose. Uh, let's let it rip. So I, 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 I bet PJ Walker unders today sort of on the, you know, on the idea that they would be sticking to a very conservative game script. And I was very surprised, kind of, even though I lost my bets, I was, it was cool to see them do that and, and have mm. sort of this uh, modern offense. So um, I think the fact that they're throwing downfield to him, they're sort of throwing screens to him. Uh, getting them involved in all all phases of the field, um, super encouraging to me, and and especially if they're going to be running. I don't know how many plays they ran today, but um, obviously lots with the overtime. But even with without that, it seemed like they were uh, a little positive proe, which which I wouldn't have expected at all. So um, yeah, I'm not a wide receiver one going forward. I, we're still going to see some some crappy games, I think. Um, but um, yeah, it's it, I mean it's a relief. I got I got. Elijah Moore and DJ Moore on the on the home squad, so I was just excited to see one of them do something. <laughs> nice. Because Elijah's painful.
1: Man, yeah. Oh my brutal. god. What, what, what did, is, do you have
3: any idea what's going on there? Like it's so weird.
1: Well, uh, did he he um he had asked for a trade, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I don't know if it seemed like after that they made him inactive for that one week. Yeah, and then he's like, coming he's back this
3: week you figured all was good, water into the bridge. Let's give the squeaky wheels some grease, but they just yeah. were scheming for Garrett Wilson and I mean yeah. ten ten snaps and seven routes for Elijah Moore today. So oh wow. Yeah, like I I'm starting Nine. to wonder if he's just droppable at this point.
1: I wonder if they do have like some some trades in the works for him.
3: I mean you don't see those guys get like when's the last time you saw a guy with a 200 target sophomore. Yeah when a nice rookie contract get traded, like you
2: just don't see those trades. I would love it. Don't get me wrong, but I can't see the jets doing it. Yeah. I mean, like you just don't let, like you don't just don't trade this type of talent. Like we've seen, we've seen elite wide receivers hit free agency or get traded in a second contract. We've never seen guys essentially in their still training, like where they're still so young and on the cheap rookie deal, Get moved, especially when they're shown elite upside. Like, I, that I don't get. Yeah.
3: I'm yeah. trying to think. Was Brandon Cooks? I know he's been traded a ton. Was he traded on his rookie contract?
1: Oh,
2: I think it might have been the last year of his deal. He probably was. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it is very weird for him not to even be used in the game that much, not to be yeah. on the field that much. Um,
2: yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Blair. You, you're right. You're right, Court. Brandon Cooks was traded, but here's the price that they spent. The Patriots traded their first rounder, and the third round pick, and a fourth round pick. That's what they gave up to get Cooks. Yeah,
3: yeah, and you got to think Elijah's value maybe not quite that big, but ballpark. I mean, ballpark. It would
2: would take that. Yeah, it would take that to get him right. Um, Mm -hmm. I I just don't understand like why the Packers, for example, aren't just out there doing something like that, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, like I don't know what the Packers are doing. Oh, I got uh, so many need,
3: Packers under tonight, boys!
2: Oh my so god, I need all the Packers we're, unders tonight. Yeah, we right. get we're gonna we're gonna get Richard die trying
1: on the Packers as unders, man. <laughs>
2: it's just, just uh,
1: is it gonna uh, be another Aaron Jones day or is unders? No, on too?
2: also on him to just <laughs> just just take any packer player. And we're hitting the under, man. Yeah, Romeo got, Dobbs, Christian Watson, Aaron,
3: Aaron Jones under two forty six. Romeo Dobbs under forty four. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones under forty eight. Forty eight, and then I personally have some A-Rod under one point five rushing yards. It's been. I uh, I on, have rod under, under one point five touch. Yeah, or, like, one point five touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good play too. It was like minus one twenty five. Yeah, it's a good
2: play. Yeah, at minus one twenty five. So like we're just incredibly, incredibly like as high leverage as we can against the Packers. Um, (laughs) uh, If if anyone's trying to get last-second action down, that's where you want to put your money right now, I think, and and then just pray. Um, I don't see what could go wrong, really. (laughs) We've we've never seen such incredible closing line value and then just losing, right? Um, uh, Another guy who had a fantastic day today was Alvin Kamara. He had 18 rushes for 62 yards and a score. But really, like, he did his damage through the air. He got, not, like, he had nine catches for 96 yards and two scores. Um, Court, like, so Alvin Kamara is just going to be, like, this is just what he does, right? Like, is he, like, a top six running back for the rest of the season? That's tough, right? Because, yeah, it is tough. I mean, it's borderline.
3: Good. I'm not super excited. Like I was, I wasn't drafting him much this year. Yeah. W- without the suspe- even with the suspension discount or potential di- uh, suspension discount, um, just because. Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in Jameis. I think that yeah. it's kind of funny. People really didn't seem to be talking much about the fact that Sean Payton had left. And mm. I, you know, I know, I know Dennis Allen is a is a is a fine coach, but I don't think he's on the level of. Uh, <clears throat> Sean Payton. So, yeah, for those reasons, I mean, it's it's kind of an inconsistent offense. We sort of saw what can happen in, in bad scripts like uh, last week against Arizona when they get behind. Like, um, But, yeah, I don't know. Dalton's been – I'd have to dig into that one a little bit more because Dalton has been – Dalton was – the problem was really Jameis, wasn't it? He he refused to check down, and now mm. we've got Dalton in there, and he seems much more happy to, to kind of check down. So, um, looking at it that way, yeah. I mean, if he's going to get his five targets a game – um, yeah. there's probably, I wouldn't, I don't know if I quite put him top six, but I'd still probably rather have like, you know, Derek Henry and stuff like that. But, um, you know, maybe kind of a top eight guy.
2: Yeah. It, it I mean, like the only, the only like real thing is like, uh, you can, I mean, we can talk a little bit about It's like JT, like has been a true destruction of value as a one-on-one pick, right? Like he is at this point, you're happy if he's getting you 10 points, um, Meanwhile, meanwhile other running backs, they pretty much uh any other first round running back, um, and then some of these other guys like you know, Camara and stuff are just sort of smashing. Um to where like you can see a top six coalesce around, you know, some of like you can see like a a, a world where like Camara is very difficult for him to fall out of the top twelve, if you will.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think with uh, I mean with some of the running back injuries we've had, especially that top six maybe makes more sense. I mean, what's interesting about Camara is he's been before today, he's been like really inefficient this season unusually for, for him. But I think this is the first week he's actually scored a touchdown at all rushing or receiving. Yeah. Um, So some of that inefficiency is maybe a little bit fluky. Um, And with, with Dalton, like you said, checking down a lot more, I think you, you can expect to see, some more big receiving games from him. So, um yeah, I'm I'm fairly excited about what Kamara could could do for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, that's fair for sure.
1: Top 6 is top 6 is so tough though.
2: Yeah, especially the running back spot, right? Like we like yeah. like all three of us know this and I think everyone who's listening to this knows this, but the churn at the running back position is so so immense. Um
3: yeah, why none of us would have drafted Kamara anyway, so why are we even talking yeah. about Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just think I just think it's wild, right? Because like, because uh, yeah. uh, I think I saw a poll earlier today, like saying who scores more, in it's Camaro versus the next guy, AJ Brown, who got six of eleven targets for 156 yards and three touchdowns um, in the Eagles' Week Eight win against the Steelers. I mean, uh, this guy was also going in the third round. Uh, I mean, like the only lesson there, I think, a little bit is, man, we're so bad at like guessing who's. <laughs> Who's good and who's not, but like drafting him in the third was fun, right? Kamara? Uh no, AJ Brown. Oh, with his three, Brown. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, his yeah. three touchdowns, hundred and fifty six yards, and he left some plays on the field too. Yeah,
3: well, I think all the all the wide receivers going to new teams this year are just, they probably all, all had kind of depressed ADPs from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. I, guess I guess it's a narrative looking back. I mean, it certainly seemed like a real thing for a while there, but it seems like the last couple of years, all these new re- wide receivers going, you know, Hopkins last year and A.J. Brown crushing this year. That's true. Um, I
2: think it's been... He was traded in his rookie contract with A.J. Brown, but like they gave him an extension, but they also paid up for him too. With oh, right.
1: Yeah. It's been unusual to see receivers as good as A.J. Brown or Tyreek Hill move to new teams. I think that's one thing that you didn't see a lot, maybe back in the uh, back when all those don't draft receivers changing teams articles were written.
3: Totally. So what changed? Like why you think it's just uh, kind of noise either way? Or do you think there's something it's fundamentally that changed or maybe it's just more kind of based in quarterback play than anything else?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, they did change the structure of the rookie contracts a little bit, right, a few years ago. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on the, it's just noise, and we might see it swing back, you know, over the next few seasons, and you'll want to be avoiding these guys again. So, hard to say, but um, yeah, definitely interesting.
2: I mean, we just haven't seen guys at this caliber, like at the true elite range, uh, get traded but like yeah. at the same time we're also not thinking about some of the guys who did get traded and then kind of like insta shit the bed right like think about alan <laughs> robinson like 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 alan robinson is a pretty good example of that mvs is another good example of someone who switch teams and free agency just does not come to fruition uh i'd be interested in seeing how Kadarius stoney does um th- there are certainly a lot of guys who tend to not do very well but then it's we see a handful of these truly elite players move, and and they're the ones who are completely wrecking what, like you know, our our belief in the in the data. A little no, bit. Well, right? actually,
1: yeah, that's true. The numbers might still bear out that you know, chasing yeah. guys, chasing guys who change teams is usually a bad idea because Allen Robinson is just so bad that he makes God, up. He's them. just
2: ruining, <laughs> ruining all but scales he was, right bad. Now. he was bad before he changed teams as well. Yeah. So right, right. Um, he's changed team twice. He was terrible with the Bears, man. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, I guess, one final player before before we can start wrapping it up. And this is this is Christian McCaffrey. So uh, McCaffrey threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and also caught a touchdown um, today. Uh, I think he but he had a forty he had a forty spot today. Um, so this is a guy who really. Like this is it, right? Like this is the one guy who you feel very confident. I think saying that this is going to be a top top six, top five running back rest of the season, provided he yeah, stays I mean, healthy. Yeah, I
3: think he's the wide or the running back one going forward for sure. It was kind of interesting seeing when the trade went down, people um, sort of predicting that it might be bad for his for his fantasy outlook. Uh, just the fact that he's got more studs to kind of you know he's got Kittle, and that may 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 still come to pass, right? Like, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things look when Debo's back because they're, yeah. they're such similar players, right? So, I think a lot of those touches that CMC got today, which were, you know, high-value high touches, are going to get siphoned off to Debo uh when he comes back, for sure. And, um, so, but yeah, I mean, CMC, he's a lock man. If he's going to be getting these kind of targets and touches, and he's going to be getting the red zone work... I mean, it doesn't really matter if it's slightly better or worse than he was doing in Carolina, it's gonna be crushing, right?
2: Oh God. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, after um, last week I think the concern that he might not get quite the same opportunity that he had in Carolina was kind of a little more yeah. realistic. But after seeing this game you can kind of put all those all those worries behind you, yeah. hopefully.
3: Yeah, that combined with you know the investment that they've made in him, basically yep. punting an, an entire draft more or less for him, you would think that they would want to get him involved.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, some rumors, I guess that that they might be entertaining trades for Jeff Wilson, which would be just another.
2: What are they going to get for him? Like a fourth? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't
1: know. Sure What's the trade deadline
3: can... on on Tuesday?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So who'd you guys, if you guys had to put money on one guy getting traded on Kareem Hunt? Tuesday, who yeah, be? Kareem Hunt Kareem seems like a Hunt. pretty
1: good, pretty, uh, pretty likely scenario. So what does that do happen? for
2: Chubb's value, you think? Does it change change it much? No, not, not as much on the receiving side. Uh, but you're going to see, because I think you're going to see a lot more Dernish Johnson. Uh, I think that offense, we're going to see a pretty big change going forward. Um, sure. yeah, God, uh, because because Deshaun's going to be back again like, a couple of weeks, um, and that's going to change everything. Uh, but I do think that the Browns are open; that like, they've been pretty open and vocal about trading Kareem Hunt. Uh, Joe King actually points out Hunt is about a contract next year. No, uh, I believe that is correct. But I also believe that whichever team who that will be will be taking on Hunt is ostensibly going to be giving him some kind of like, a, like an extension when they sign him because I think that he could be had for very cheap. Um, like a like a six or something, because like that's kind of what what uh, Michael uh, James Robinson was just rated for. Um, I think they're asking
3: they're they're asking for a fourth. I think is the report that they want back.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're gonna get like a like they'll easily get like a fourth or a fifth, especially from a running back needy team. Um, Rams. So,
1: yeah, so, maybe. Or uh, well, do they have a fourth left? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So we, I mean, um, the one the thing that's interesting, like over the last two games, Hunt has. Nine carries total. Yeah. So um if you're just looking kind of recent, what they've what they've been kind of doing with their splits probably doesn't change much for Chubb at all. Um apart from week one, Hunt really didn't I mean he had some carries, but he wasn't doing much. He wasn't adding much to the offense. So no. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that it changes Chubb's value. Um I don't know, is Dimitri Felton still around? He's kind of interesting.
2: <laughs> you, no, Darius Johnson's going to take over in the event because yeah. I, I think yeah. he's going to be the guy that you want, like as a as a as a flyer. But even uh, even if we get two one, one
3: and a half two extra targets a game from Chubb, that's a pretty big deal, I think.
2: Yeah, for Chubb, yeah, be especially because he's so good on the ground. Um, yeah. If if you get him some of those receptions, man, that guy is going to smash.
1: Yeah. Uh, that would be big, I guess. Even like. The question, of course, is, is it that Hunt is good in the receiving game and that's what's keeping them from throwing the ball to Chubb more, or is it that they just don't want to throw the ball to Chubb, that he's not that good, and those targets would just go elsewhere, you know, more receiver targets maybe? I don't know.
3: Yeah, yeah, no Um, idea. So, hey, Blair, are you still doing any props these days? I know you were kind of into it a a few years ago, uh, but I never followed up with you to see how how you made (laughs) out, if you're still grinding them out, or...?
1: uh i don't do a lot i <laughs> i don't even do it every week but you know every now and then when i have time i'll i'll uh check out some stuff and and put something down but not anything close to are you, you know, in a legal state?
3: state are you in a not, not yet state? <laughs> not yet okay, maryland's yeah, a tougher too
1: yeah right we are no, uh, not, eh? not a yet thing. although we did well like 2020 we we uh, voted to legalize it, and it's just we're waiting for the books. To right, open. but right. I think DraftKings is coming. I don't know any day now. So,
2: okay, well, we'll we'll get you on board when that happens. Let us know when yeah, it definitely, happens. We'll,
1: definitely, definitely we'll get you on board <laughs> for sure.
2: Before uh b- before we before we head out of here, Court, I wanted to get your thoughts on the on the next two games. What are we uh, uh what are we hoping for to see on the in the from Packers Bills, and then what are we hoping to see from uh, Bengals Browns?
3: Uh, Packers Bills, yeah, I mean you know. Minus 11 for the Bills. Uh, the Packers, it's, I think it's pretty interesting uh, what the Bills are going to do. I'm going to be interesting to see what they're going to do because they've obviously skewed extremely pass heavy, but uh, the Packers are definitely a run funnel defense. Uh, we've seen a lot of teams skew towards the run against the Packers. You know, they're, weak pass, they're a weak run defense for sure. Their pass defense is just whatever, but we've seen them just get absolutely destroyed on the ground. And yet the Bills are not a great run team. Uh, we haven't really seen them get it going, so that'll be kind of interesting. I think uh, Josh Allen's line for attempts this week was definitely the lowest it's been all year 33 and a half. He's usually up at around 37, 38. Um, so I think that tells us that you know, I think we're gonna see maybe a little more Singletary. I think Singletary, it might, you know, if there's ever gonna be a game for Singletary, this might be it. it. Um, although he's coming off a pretty good game, so um, so that's that's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna be watching to that, see if the the Bills are going to kind of stick to their pass heavy ways, or if they might play into their opponents a little bit more. I think that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, On the Packers side, yeah, I mean, this is the horrible spot. I mean, on the road, the Bills are coming off a bye. They're well rested. They've had an extra week to prepare. They're huge favorites. Uh, You know, it's just the mismatches all around. You know, Dobbs is basically the number one wide receiver now. Like, it's bad, man. Lazard's outright. So, yeah, I, I could be. I, I'd anticipate like I've got the Aaron Jones under on rushing, but wouldn't be surprised to see him get a bunch of dump offs in the in the passing game. Mm. Um, I think that kind of makes the most sense to me. Um Dobbs, I got the under on him. I'm ho- I'm hoping he has a quiet game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just because he's the last guy left and he had a bad game last week and it seems like Rodgers kind of called him out so. I think that probably goes one way or the other. Rodgers just completely ignores him or, you know, gives him another chance. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a pretty ugly game. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Packers. Um, Rodgers looks terrible. Got no wide receivers. It's going to be tough to run the ball. It's going to be tough to pass the ball. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm, I'm at on that one. Tomorrow, I haven't broken that game down too much yet. I think that what's going to be really interesting is to see how much the Bengals' offense changes with uh, without Chase, of course if we start, because Chase was getting double teamed, I think yeah. at the second highest rate in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see if like a guy like Boyd can step up maybe uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, but I think it's the most likely, I, I really have no idea what they're going to do, but I, I think it, we have seen them skew super run heavy at times um, in yeah. the past couple of years. Yeah. So we know we have, we know they have that in them. So I wouldn't be shocked to see, and the, the uh, Browns have a pretty good pass rush as well. Um, Is that true? No, is that true?
2: They, it is, especially, especially when they have Miles Garden and there. there. I
3: think they were a little Anyway, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I think we could see a ton of mix, and he's got his highest lines of the year as well. So, um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more mixing, kind of 17, 18 carries slow the game down. But, yeah, I'm not too sure what to make of that game. i got to spend a little bit more time on it, to be honest with you.
2: Uh no, nah, I'm with you. I really am interested to see what we see out of the Bengals' offense without Jamar Chase. Chase is I, I mean he's so important to that team, man. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: What's right. um Tyler Boyd is like 61.5 yards. You guys okay. got over
2: or under tomorrow?
1: Hmm. <laughs>
4: like
2: uh, I kinda like the I kind of like the under. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I think I like the I, I'm I'm the Boyd. like I'm the boyd slappy. Yeah,
1: what
2: are you thinking? I I probably lead
3: under there. It's a big number from him. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's making a big assumption that he's going to soak up uh, a huge chunk of that chase volume, and he's kind of been already. He runs different routes than Chase, and he's kind of already been getting decent volume on his own. So I don't know that he necessarily yeah. takes over a lot of that uh, those extra targets. So sixty one seems a little bit high to me. I,
2: I'd lean under. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Zach Taylor. And we all know how this fucking ends. It's gonna end with like ten targets to Joe Mixon for thirty-two yards, and they're gonna lose, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. like, like, like we we we've seen this one before. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think that is it. Anything else we need to discuss before we sign off here, guys? Uh, uh, oh, I just want to thank Court once again, man. Thanks Absolutely. for having me, guys. It was yeah. Awesome. Definitely check out Bet the Prop if you're not already. Uh, Doing that, props are uh, something that's growing that you should be getting into. Um, where else can the people find your work, Cord?
3: That's pretty much it, man. That's my work and my life, and pretty much uh, consumes all of my waking hours <laughs> these days. Just, just doing this. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work though. So, uh, that's literally <laughs> where all my work is. Most of it is. We do a lot of stuff on the site, but yeah, we got a, the Slack is the place to be. We've kind of got the the subscriber Slack chat, and uh, it's a pretty awesome group and a um, lot of things to learn in there. I've, I've learned so much from launch, launching this group. I've learned so much from my subscribers. Uh, we've got such a sharp group of guys in there. I love being in there. So uh, that's where I put most of my work and, and my efforts. So um, if, if it's an area you're interested in and, and, and looking to learn a little bit more about, uh, it's a friendly group and and it's a soft landing into what can be a pretty intimidating space for sure.
1: Awesome, yeah, definitely check, check that out. Um... Make sure to uh, subscribe to the RotoViz YouTube channel if you're not already. Leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app you.